Welcome to the Wellness and Wanderlust podcast. We're here to demystify wellness and help you add a little adventure to your life. Tune in for a new episode every week where we'll hear from incredible guests and talk about ways to be happier and healthier in our new normal. I'm your host, Valerie Moses. Let's get started. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Wellness and Wanderlust podcast. No matter where in the world you're listening from or how you found the show, I am so glad you're here for another incredible conversation. This pandemic has been such a difficult time for so many of us, myself included, and so I'm really proud to be able to connect with so many of you amazing people in a world that has felt incredibly disconnected. Now, when you're listening to this episode, I'm either going to be on my way to get my second Moderna vaccine or I will have just gotten it. And I just have to say that I am incredibly grateful to all of the scientists and healthcare workers out there who've made this possible. Shout out to all of you. You are making the world a better place. It finally feels like there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Chances are that even if you haven't gotten the vaccine yet, someone in your life probably has or someone on your newsfeed has. But still, I'll be sure to share what my experience is like next week on the podcast because I know that hearing the experiences of others has helped me personally and has made the process just a little less scary. Everyone has to do what's right for them, but I firmly believe that by getting the vaccine, we are each doing our part to save lives and make the world feel just a little more whole again. Now shifting gears, I'm so excited to introduce this week's guest. Jessica Bartolini is a meditation coach, a mother of two, and one-fourth of the blog Family Wellness Wanderers. In 2019, Jessica, her husband Tony, and their daughters Sophia and Anna sold everything that they owned and they began to travel the world together as a family. They've lived in many different countries. You'll get to hear all about that in this episode. And on their blog and YouTube channel, Family Wellness Wanderers, they share their healthy lifestyle through yoga, meditation, clean eating, and so much more. I had the chance to sit down with Jessica and learn all about their travels through South America, Egypt, and most recently, Montenegro. Jessica and I chat about the power of traveling within through meditation and mindfulness, even when we can't actually travel without or travel the world. And she reveals her tips for cultivating a meditation practice that works for you. We also talk about how to stay healthy while traveling, some must-have wellness items to pack on your trip so that you don't get sick, especially if you have those food sensitivities like unfortunately I do, and how we can instill healthy habits into the next generation, including our kids. Now, I loved getting the chance to hear Jessica's story and to learn all about her and her family, and I know that you are going to love it too. So without further ado, enough from me. Let's dive into this week's conversation. Hi, Jessica. Thank you so much for joining us on Wellness and Wanderlust today. Hi, it's great to be here. Thank you. Yes, it's great to have you. And your content really mixes two of the things that I love here at Wellness and Wanderlust. We have wellness and travel. I'd love for you to tell our listeners a little about yourself and about your wellness journey. Well, just to begin, we have our family business now, which is the family wellness wanderers. So <laughs> that's why it, it's so perfect our, our, that we're connecting. Um, so we we are um, traveling around the world and we began this back in November and uh, we have a focus on wellness, in particular yoga and also meditation. And um, my, my oldest daughter does the yoga. My youngest daughter does healthy cooking and my husband does um, a fitness aspect at this point in the business. So we that's what's, um, that's what's going on for us as a family right now. And then for me, my own 
personal journey with, um, with wellness, gosh, um, that began probably, um, back in the nineties. So I, um, I first became interested when I was in China in both, I both wellness and meditation because I was teaching English there for a couple of years. And my first year there, I had a lot of stress and anxiety. Um, uh, there was only two, there was one other person there who was a native English speaker, um, who was also a teacher and we didn't get along too well at first. And that was hard. And I was having trouble with the teaching and, students cheating on my test and not, you know, just feeling lonely and eating all the wrong stuff. So I was getting overweight and, oh, you know, um, so it was a hard year. And then I started practicing a meditation, um, uh, a style of meditation that's like passage meditation, um, where you read, a, a um, or you memorize a, a spiritual text, um, from any spiritual tradition and you use that as a way to focus your mind, train your mind and just go within and find calm and peace. Um, and what I found was what I, the reason I was doing it was to help with my anxiety and stress and to find that peace. And I found that I got even more than that. I was able to just start having better ideas about my health, better choices, my relationships began to improve. And so it was a pretty profound experience for me with meditation. And I really started practicing on a daily basis um, at that point, because it just was um, just had such an impact on my life. Then I also started practicing Tai Chi while I was there. And that was part of the transformation for me as I just, I started getting out in the mornings, moving my body, you know, I jog and then I go join this Tai Chi group and Qigong group because they have those everywhere in China in the morning and, you know, in parks and playgrounds and everywhere. And you can just join in, at least that's how it was at that time, 1995. And, um, and I just loved that experience. I, I loved the, the Tai Chi and the Qigong and becoming aware of energy in my body. And I very interested in the Chinese way of health. I had Chinese massage, Tui Na, a few times while I was there. And I was treated with herbs a few times for different things. And um, one, one thing that really made an impression on me was the way they talked about food, like it was a medicine. And it was just you know, common knowledge, uh, you know, so you'd go out to eat with Chinese friends and there would almost always be some advice about food at the table. Like this is good for a woman's organ, you know, this particular organ, or, you know, don't have this at this time of year. It's better for your body at this time of year, or, you know, too, too cold for you, too hot for you. Um, <laughs> so it was just, uh, so fascinating to me. And, um, and then I, and I, you know, this whole second year there in China was just an, an amazing experience for me. So I was so fascinated with all of this that I decided to pursue Chinese medicine. So that was, um, that's how I got on the wellness and meditation path was from that experience that I had in China. And meditation went on to be sort of like an off and on thing for me over the years. And it's just more recently where I just really came back home to it. <laughs> and it's funny because the the style of meditation that I've chosen, I actually went to a retreat with him when I got back to the United States, Eknathas Warren, and ultimately he he ended up dying uh, about two years after that. And um, I had a dream where I was just kind of 
playing with other friends and running about and I jumped up and knocked out a light on the ceiling and I was running and having lots of fun and 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 then I stopped because I saw or I didn't stop, but I saw somebody in these bleachers up ahead lying down. And he always, he used to wear these, a certain type of hat. And it was the, that hat. And I wasn't sure who it was, but I, I knew I had a choice whether to stop or keep going. And I stopped and I went over and, um, and this was a dream way back, back then. Um, and I, and I saw it was him. He was lying down and um, on these bleachers and I knelt down beside him and, and he, curled his hand in mine and I always I think about that because I feel like now you know when I think back and I've had these dreams at different times and you know sometimes in the future it makes sense and this is sort of where it makes sense for me because I'm touching back into that I'm making the choice and it, it's just the right time like I've there's been a lot of worldly distractions just with mothering and parenting and you know mm-hmm. and everything else then I feel like you know this is it. It's, it's my time to stop and go inward. And it's, I've landed, I've come home. (laughs) So, so that, that's part of, um, you know, the journey that's brought me here to this point where meditation has become really the priority for me. And, you know, I've, I've had a lot of jobs so far in my life. I've been a waitress, secretary. I was a mad scientist at one point for kids' birthday parties. (laughs) I was was a teacher. I've been a massage therapist, acupuncturist, you know, focused on functional nutrition, parenting coaching, you know, all of these things, not to mention the roles of being a wife and a homeschooling mom. And I, I also, I finally just realized that the constant that has guided me through it all is this, is this centering, this, the, the, the awareness that was a gift from that experience of meditation and that I've touched into, you know, off and on along the way. So um, that's been the constant for me through all the ups and downs and whatnot, twists and turns, whether it's relationships or work, health, whatever, all that stuff, you know? So, yeah. So I had an acupuncture practice for a while and then I shifted towards parent coaching and which had been a side thing for a while, and but I wanted to focus more on that. And then, and then recently with the COVID, it'd been a year since I closed my clinic, and I wanted to reach out to my patients to offer them some sort of healing that we could do from a distance. And so I learned a form of guided meditation for healing, and that really inspired me to to keep going again with meditation. It just brought me. That's where I really got clear that this was. This was where I wanted to really focus my time and energy at this point in my life. So here I am (laughs) and here we are. That's such a beautiful story. And, you know, during a pandemic when we are, I think oftentimes alone with our thoughts, we don't have the same kind of distractions that we did in non-COVID times. I think that looking inward and doing those meditations and becoming more mindful and more aware I think that's so important. And I think that's something that that's been a part of my journey over the last year since really since the pandemic had started. And I know you talk a lot about, you know, the concept of traveling within. What exactly does that mean? Mm. It actually came about, to be honest, because we were we had this this notion as a family to travel with around the world. 
And at the same time, I was coming to this point where meditation was my thing and um, becoming my focus, my priority. And and so it sort of just kind of was a neat way to think of it, you know, because here we are traveling the world. But there's also this component for me that's really big in my life right now, which is the traveling within through meditation. So that's sort of where that came from. And I think it just it just captures that word traveling within is sort of capturing what the idea of meditation is. I mean, the there's so much that you can see in the world through traveling around. And there's also so much that you can see within you or find within you as well through traveling inside. And it's endless. There's so much to discover there. I think that's incredible. I I'm so inspired by what you and your family are doing. And I'd love to know too, what what inspired you to travel around the world? And can you talk a little bit about what that has looked like for you all? Huh, yeah. <laughs> so I traveled a lot as a uh, in my life as a child and also as an adult. Um, Cause I did, I got the travel bug <laughs> from traveling as a kid and I just, you know, just wanted to keep on going with that. But um my husband also did his own traveling, mostly in Central America. So both of us have a background of traveling, having traveled a bit, quite a bit. And so as a family, um, it just sort of was sort of a natural progression for us. And I say that with a little, <laughs> a little bit of a, a hesitation because there, there's as much as we love to travel, we all have our different um, not ways of traveling, but we ha- we appreciate it for different reasons and for different lengths of time. So, you know, we're kind of discovering that as we go along here, what are our preferences when it comes to travel? We're figuring out each of our preferred travel styles, I should say, and, and they're not always the same. So <laughs> <laughs> I kind of enjoy challenges with traveling and expect them and don't mind if there it's a little hard along the way, whereas my husband would like it to be more easy and smooth and, um, you know, kind of gets frustrated with the, with the more difficult aspects of it. Cause you know, he's, he came from wanting to take a break from working so hard already. Right? And so for him, it's just more work. And so, and when it gets def- difficult and challenging, so that's, that's been one thing that we've, um, been navigating in Anna, you know, my youngest daughter, she, she will flat out say she doesn't like to travel. And yet there are moments where you can tell she's really enjoying herself. And so, um, you know, she, her, her personality is more inclined to, um, just be in a small town and, and, you know, have lots of friends around and be there for a long time and have her cozy home and do lots of cooking. And, and that's just who she is. Um, so we navigate these things as we're doing this trip. I, you know, we, we, we launched ourselves and we're, we're, we're going along the way and finding out where our limitations are and how we can make it work for all of us. Um, you know, I think that, um, you know, I, one thing for sure is that they, for my, for my girls, clearly, you know, whether Anna's resistant or not, there's, they're having an experience of a lifetime that I think that ultimately she'll come to appreciate when she's older. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even that she's open to wanting to live in another country because she 
she's in love with France. We haven't been there, but she's in love with it. She wants to live there someday. So um, she wants to go to Cordon Bleu and she's already picked out her favorite town in the south of France where she wants to live. And <laughs> so, I mean, just even being willing to live somewhere in another country and wanting to do that, that's, I think that's wonderful. So I guess it was our background in traveling for Tony and I. And then uh, we did a couple years ago, go to Costa Rica for a couple of months where the girls were learning Spanish and really just had a great experience from that for the most part. And it just sort of sparked something for us. And it was it sort of started growing. It was a seed that started to grow. And as Sophia, um, in, you know, sort of a, a meeting of lots of things all at once where Sophia um, was learning to be a yoga teacher. She became a, she became a yoga teacher certified um, at 15 wow. uh, for both kids yoga and adult yoga. And um, so that's her thing. And um, that and she just after that Costa Rica experience just fell in love with traveling, especially Costa Rica and um, but travel in general and wanting to see the world. And Anna was definitely up for an adventure and Tony was burnout with his work and, and he also just finishing up his la you know, last projects that he was working on at the time. And um, so that was done. And, you know, Sophia was, and she had, uh, we had created this business sort of tentatively online with the YouTube channel and growing her, her yoga videos. And then, me with learning the meditation and wanting to, you know, bring it to others and bring that onto the YouTube channel. Just, it all just kind of came together. And it was like, this is the perfect time. <laughs> Despite COVID, as crazy as that sounds, <laughs> it, it just seemed to be the perfect time. And so we did it. And I think, I think, especially for my husband, what got him the most excited about it was the before part of simplifying because he he's really uh, that for him that's a huge value it is for us too but it, especially him and that was mm -hmm. like the funnest part I think for him was just seeing us getting rid of all the stuff <laughs> before yeah. we left and getting down to the few backpacks that we of stuff that we own now literally in in the that's all we own in the whole world so we sold our house and the car and just let all the other stuff go even books books were hard for me to let go of <laughs> mm -hmm. I that was the hardest thing um but I I sort of I, I appreciated the the challenge and the opportunity of it to sort of say hey you know maybe I don't need to have these books anymore you know maybe now's the time to go within for my wisdom you know maybe I should mm -hmm. really you know allowing for that more I think our belongings have kind of an energy to them. And I think, you know, there is a lot to our possessions and the way they make us feel. I, I have probably too much um, in terms of hand-me-downs and things like that in my apartment. And I think about one room in particular, I almost feel like there's something on my chest thinking about how much stuff. And I think it can be really hard, but also freeing. Mm. Yeah, it is freeing. It is. There's a certain lightness that comes from that. And it's just, it's, it is, it's, I have to say, it's, it's sort of like when you clear that the outer clutter, not to say all of it is clutter because some of it's more meaningful, you know, but mm -hmm. when you clear that your head gets clearer too. your, your inner space is clearer as well. Absolutely. 
Now, I also, I just think it's so cool that your daughters are participating in a lot of the same, you know, I, I think something that a lot of parents struggle with is, you know, instilling healthy habits in their kids and your daughters are involved in yoga and healthy cooking and all of that. How were you able to instill these habits, especially while traveling and kind of in different environments? When they were young, I, you know, I chose, I don't know if you're familiar with Waldorf education, but I really want, I chose that as a, initially when they were young as a a method for their learning. And I liked it particularly because it instilled a sense of wonder, you know, it was sort of a more arts-based education and um, focused on nature and the seasons and touched into the magical world of gnomes and used them for teaching and fairies, you know, that sort of thing. So I really, really liked um, creating that sense of wonder for them as children. So I think that kind of feeds into, it, well, it allows for creativity it, and it feeds into a sort of a sense of wonder about the world in general that includes wanting to see the world through travel or even explore their inner world through traveling that way, you know, um, just mm-hmm. having that sense of wonder. And I, and I, I, um, I think since they've grown up, it's mostly about just, um, exposing them to options like the yoga. We, well, we did that as kids, when they were kids, we did those yoga kid videos together uh, and so it was just about exposing them to these things and modeling it myself, you know, went through my own practice that, you know, I could only hope that that would be passed on in some way or another. And, and it has, they, they make their own choices now. Sometimes I'm the one who's like, hmm, maybe we should get something a little more junk foody in there. Like, no, I don't want that right now. I don't feel good in my body <laughs> or something, you know, like, I'm like, oh, good. Okay, great. Thanks. That's helpful. But other times we do have, we have fun with food too. So that's part of the joy of food is having the fun stuff as well. But I, but I really am kind of in awe of seeing the choices that they make now for themselves on a daily basis. So um, yeah, mostly, you know, when they're older, just exposing them to different healthier options. And, you know, too, I think growing up, and I had this experience as a kid too, there wasn't a whole lot of sugar around. And I, and for my brother that's the case too you know because we grew up mostly for the most part together as kids and and we um didn't have a lot of sugar and to this day we don't really have a strong sugar craving and I noticed that with my husband he grew up having you know sweet treats and um I think that now I see how he struggles with sugar cravings and and just in comparison uh, my brother and I did not grow up with sugar in the home um, we're very little sugar. And part of that was just because we were, we were in uh, Zambia for a chunk of our childhood. And <laughs> there wasn't a whole wow. lot there, but we, you know, just, it just wasn't as much of an option when we were young, when we were young and we don't have sugar cravings. We don't have that need, you know, don't, the addiction there as much. So I just thought, you know, that makes a difference for kids. And um, I, th- I think it's made a difference for my girls as well. They don't seem to have that sugar craving and, uh, you know, that need to have that sugar fix as much and we, we kept it out of the house for the most part and and processed food as well so what it's that made choices easier when they were younger I think that's great I I know for me personally I I never had a pop-tart until I went to college and oh. <laughs> 
yeah, not having the, you know, not having the junk food around, it really does make a difference. I think, you know, sometimes in school, you might be exposed to some of that, but to be able to make some of those choices, and it sounds like your daughters are really becoming intuitive with the way that they eat. And I think that's something that so many people, adults included, really struggle with. So I think it's a really fantastic lesson you're able to teach them while still getting to really enjoy the food of the different places that you're living in. Because I think food is such a fun part of, of travel when you're really enjoying, you know, what's local to that particular area and enjoying maybe what's meaningful to that culture. Yeah, very much so. And I think that's been a real gift about this travel for us too, because, you know, we have a history of gut issues in our family. All of us have had some health challenge or other and, and so we've had a, quite a journey with having to do some more restrictive type of diets and whatnot. Um, and so we got to a point where we we're pretty in pretty good health with all of that. And so it was, it's been really wonderful to sort of relax uh, uh, around food more. And especially, you know, in, with travel, just take what comes and enjoy the opportunity to just relax and try different things and not worry about it. It's been, it's been a gift in that way that I don't think we could have quite had if we were still back home, you know, there would still be mm-hmm. the routines that we were already in with how we were eating. Um, and so this, this has been a really fun way to just relax some of those things and enjoy and enjoy the experience of food. You know, I hadn't really thought of that too, that you really are, you know, it's almost a reset that you're getting out of those routines because we do have so many routines when it comes to food mm. and that travel kind of introduces something new to that, especially, you know, living places a little longer term because, you know, I think for many when they travel for maybe a shorter trip, um, myself included, I remember going to Canada and I felt so mm. sick from some of the delicious but much richer food that I wasn't used to. What what tips do you have maybe for those traveling a little shorter term to still really enjoy the food, enjoy the experience, but they do run into gut issues. I know we have many with autoimmune and gut issues. How can they still really enjoy it without finding themselves, you know, popping Rolaids and feeling a little sicker? Yeah, well, there is that risk. And I I think like shorter term or even longer term for us when we travel, there there is an element of pre-planning. So generally we've been gluten-free and not because we have, at least we're not aware of any uh, celiac disease or anything. So, but just with our history of gut issues, it was a, a better choice for us overall. And we've, we've pretty much stuck to that the whole time um, as the girls were growing up. So for when we travel, I've always scouted out where those places are that are gluten-free options wherever we go. That's, that's one thing. And, and we actually, sometimes it's been hard, even in the States when we would do little trips, because maybe, or if it was a spontaneous trip and I didn't do that planning ahead of time, and we assumed that there might be something where there wasn't, and um, and we end up wandering and, and this happened in Costa Rica too. You just, and so we, we sometimes joke about is our wandering is about trying to find good food or like good free food. <laughs> 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 um, but, <laughs> um, but 
Yeah, it's uh, it can be a challenge, but I, pre-planning is definitely a key part, like seeing, you know, looking ahead and people, there's stuff on online you can find out. And also I, much to the chagrin of my family who has to carry it in backpacks, you know, spread out are the supplements that I bring. So um, having a good supplement on hand, if you do suddenly get something that upsets your stomach, like charcoal helps to move it through quickly. Um you know, just anything to, I, there's a Chinese product called curing pills, which helps settle an upset stomach, you know, ginger tea. I love ginger tea, mint tea Mm. helps with those just teas, chamomile. Those are my favorites to help with any kind of soothing of digestion or inflammation going on. So having some key things along with you, if you're not eating gluten, there's those gluten enzymes. Uh, Glutenza is one that I use. Otherwise, and also for traveling long-term, like for example, in Egypt, we really had barely any vegetables the whole time we were there. (laughs) It was amazing. I didn't know I could go so long without vegetables, you know, but, um, and I was craving them and my girls were saying the whole family was like vegetables. Um, So when we got here, we've just been cooking up tons of vegetables and gobbling them up and loving it. So it's amazing. And and so one of the things I thought I'd like to start incorporating with our supplements um, is powdered greens. It's a good thing to have on hand mm. if vegetables are not, uh, you know, readily accessible. And, um, and also um, the, the other thing that I, just for general health, when we're not getting to eat as, as healthy as we'd like is um, I bring... I use Paleo Valley products. I really like them. So they have something that's organ uh, meat. And so in that you get all kinds of good stuff, vitamins, zinc and minerals and all that. And I also have vitamin D on hand. It's actually an A, vitamin ADK uh, combination. So your fat soluble vitamins. And then I have vitamin C um, to help with that immune system. Those are the key and fish oil. Those are the key ones that I, I like to have on hand just when we're not eating as well. And I want to keep our health up. So important, especially in these times, right. To keep our immune system. Mm-hmm. up. Yeah. So planning ahead and, and if you can finding a place that has a kitchen, so you can cook your own meals when you need to have a break from eating out or, eat, you know, or have an upset stomach and want to eat more simply. Like I got a, a cold uh, from one of the flights and um, it was so nice to arrive here and make lots of chicken soup, which is my my number one go-to for when I mm. come for food with lots of garlic and onion. <laughs> so I was so <laughs> thrilled to be able to, to cook that when we got here and recover. So um, yeah, and I, I also always have with us these... Um, the it's a Chinese herb cold quell and it's just for catching that cold and really knocking it out as soon as you get it so those are little things that I like to have on hand and yeah trying to think drinking plenty of water is always good no matter what and 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 just plan for there will be times when you know you're going to have a reaction uh, i in egypt i had a like within the span of a week i had i was throwing up and then i was having it coming out the other end and two it's like it's no. just, right after i just recovered from the one and then it was like the other and i was like oh you uh. know so yeah yeah <laughs> I feel like we're in recovery mode now from from that experience there with food and stuff. But some amazing dishes, spices, so, so delicious there in Egypt was really yummy, good experience. 
Oh my gosh. I can't even imagine. And it's so funny what you were talking about with the vegetables too. When I was in Italy, I remember I, I really need to be avoiding gluten and I do now. But when I was in Italy, lots of bread, lots of pasta, and mm. we had just been in France before that. So lots of bread. Mm. And by the end of the trip, I was crave I was craving meat, which I don't normally. Mm-hmm. And I remember I ordered a chicken and vegetable dish thinking like, oh, good, lots of veggies. I love my veggies. <laughs> it was um, a piece of lettuce and some potatoes. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm ready to get back to, you know, coloring my plate again. And uh, But I had never thought about powdered greens. And that's such an easy thing to pack along and bring with you too. Yeah. 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 Definitely going to add that to the uh the supplement package that we carry with us because after that experience I was just like I need some vegetables please so yeah yeah that's a good one yeah so I think those are a lot of really great resources when it comes to food and travel now as far as wellness goes with fitness and meditation and yoga and all of that how are you all incorporating that into your travels as well Yeah. So for the most part, Sophia and I, on a daily basis, almost daily basis, we're doing yoga and meditation together. And Anna joins us when it's more of a fitness style of yoga because that's what she likes. She she doesn't like the yin style where you hold the poses for a long time. So she's Mm -hmm. always up for the fitness yoga. But yeah, we, we, for the most part, try to get that in on a daily basis, unless we're sick or we're in some crazy travel situation where we even did it in the airport. Um, uh, when we were traveling from Ecuador on the way to Egypt, we, um, we managed to get some yoga in there right in the airport. And it was perfect because, you know, it's hard on the back. <laughs> with mm-hmm. And that was like, that was four airports and four flights that we had to do to get all the way from Ecuador to Egypt. So we just try to squeeze it in here and there if we're not being able to do it regularly um, on a daily basis, which is really what we aim for. And usually first thing in the morning after walking the dogs. And um, and I love to get out. And this is what I started doing way back in China was that with I love to get out first thing in the morning. If I have that option, that's what I want to do. I want to go. So I like walking the dogs in the morning and uh, in maybe even making it a longer walk and like getting out fresh air and just it just mm-hmm. wakes me up and I feel more alive and then I'm ready to do the yoga and then after that the meditation and um because I'm feeling good in my body you know it's easier to sit there for a bit and what else Tony was doing fitness daily except that he broke his foot oh. in the process of it oh yeah and oh my so gosh. He's, yeah so now he's just walking as much as he can on a daily basis, which is actually quite a lot. It's been, it's been, he did it back in Cuenca when we were in Ecuador and it's been healing slowly, but he's even managed to climb a couple of mountains along the way with his broken foot. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot to be said for walking too. Um, I have a, one of my doctors had told me she would rather see me get up with the sun and go for a walk. She said that would be better for my well-being than getting into the gym Uh. indoors because of the circadian rhythms. And I think walking is also just, you know, while you're traveling, it's such a good way to get to know a new area. Yes. Uh, mm Mm-hmm. Definitely. I would walk all over the world if I could, because it's because <laughs> you feel good and you get to see so many fascinating things and meet interesting people. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so you talked about meditation. We, we touched on that a little at the beginning of our conversation, but I think many of our listeners are maybe a little newer to meditation. What are your suggestions for them? And what does your meditation practice, you know, look like? I know that's changed a little bit over the years. Now, my practice looks like, like I was mentioning that we get up almost daily to do the, you know, the early morning walk and so yeah, it's pretty much that at this point, just doing that really boat basis. But I also do, I do, I do a lot of it in the moment too. Like I did it at the airport, um, not with my eyes closed, but cause I was standing in line, but <laughs> I was, um, I just took that opportunity to, and I do this quite a bit. Like if I'm shopping sometimes, even walking with the cart in, in when I'm doing that, I'm doing it to either in the moment, I'm doing it either to find, you know, to release stress, reduce my anxiety, or to help my body if I'm feeling some pain somewhere. So um, yeah, like in the airport the other day, I just used that as an opportunity because I was standing there for so long waiting in, in the line that I just used it as an opportunity to take deep breaths, kind of focus inward, notice where I'm uncomfortable in my body, where there's a little pain. And I, and I, my girls have always been embarrassed by me because I'll just stretch publicly without any, you know, <laughs> without inhibition. Um, and they get very embarrassed. So I, I, I'm much more subtle. I've learned to be more subtle about it now. And so I would, I do like just very subtly sort of stretching out my spine and, um, and breathing into those areas in my body where there's tension and just breathing out and releasing the tension. And, and it, it's, it's sort of, it's like a meditation doing that coming in, being present in your body with your breath. And so, um, and other times where I have, you know, like I said, going shopping and I notice I've got this back pain and just going shopping, just kind of using some of these um, imagination tools for breaking up the pain and letting it go and, next thing I know, I'm not even thinking about it anymore. And just, yeah, the imagination is very powerful that way, which is wonderful. And um, I love that you can just kind of do that as you go and, and see, you know, the power of that. And yeah, so there's the, the daily practice. And then there's those momentary meditations. I think that's so cool. I found meditation to be so impactful for me. And what I really like about it too, I think with so many healing modalities, there can be a little bit of a cost to them. Meditation is free. It's something you can just, you know, do at any time mm -hmm. in the day, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We have such a powerful tool at our disposal and it's, you know, we don't use it enough, I think. Well, oh, I just thought of another thing that I, I love to use. Um, you know, the, the, there's two passages that way back when I did the passage meditation in China, two passages I've always carried with me and, and continue to use um, from time to time in meditation. And uh, anyway, I, I, I find it very helpful um, to use when I wake up at night and I can't sleep. 99% of the time this gets me back to sleep because I already, it, it's so like already an immediate response for my body to calm it because I've used it so much in meditation that when I focus on the words of these passages, I just immediately go inward and then calm. And then next thing I know I'm waking up later. So I, I always, when I was in acupuncture, I always pass that on as a good tool for people who had insomnia because <laughs> it really works amazingly well. But I think part of the, part of that is also practicing it regularly so that it does become something that's immediate response by your body to calm, to calm itself. 
Now, for someone who has really never meditated before, they've maybe tried it and they haven't really gotten into that routine, what are your suggestions? What should they actually do when they're getting into meditation? Should they start with passage meditation or guided meditations the way to go? And um, really, what are your thoughts for really starting to cultivate that practice if you're new to it? Yeah, I love that you said cultivate (laughs) because it is, it's like sort of creating the, the garden, you know, the, the soil, Mm -hmm. the the environment for that to, to happen and seeing it grow and, and, and letting it grow, you know, in a, in a way that is natural and works well for you. So um, yeah, I think one thing would be to try different styles so that, you know, if you've tried a style and you felt like, oh, well, then meditation really isn't for me because this didn't work or doesn't feel right or that there's so many different ways to meditate. And for and so if for any reason that somebody's tried it and and found it, you know, thought it, they couldn't do it, then try a different style because there's there's so many to choose from, like like I've just mentioned a couple here. But I like I had I dabbled in meditation and for in different styles before I actually found that one, the passage meditation style that really clicked for me, which is that that, you know, that worked in China. And that's when it really kind of took hold. So it's try different things. Uh, the Another style of meditation that I've liked is the work by Byron Katie. I don't know if it's 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 more of an inquiry type of process where you're actually writing answers, but in that process, you're doing, you're asking yourself these questions that are very reflective and in that sense, meditative. And so that's another way of, of approaching meditation. And I, I use that for me, I've found that, that I use that when I'm sort of finding myself triggered again and again in a certain, in my regular meditation, just isn't resolving it or in a certain relationship or situation or something and that's when I it's sort of like I pull out the work you know (laughs) and I sit down and I really go through the process with that to see if there's something you know that I'm just I'm not seeing it's very it's very helpful in sort of getting your thoughts out and seeing what's going on for you what you're thinking what you're believing and and really questioning it and getting clear on on what what's really true for you and what isn't so, um, and it can really shift things for you. So that's another uh, way of approaching meditation. There's guided meditation. So that's can be more of a results-oriented meditation. So I kind of think of like that as the yang aspect of meditation style. And yin style is more what I use, the, the passive meditation. You're just getting in touch, finding that spaciousness within you and just opening yourself up to that and the silence and, you know, finding the space between the thoughts and touching into your oneness. So it's just sort of a more receptive and calming and passive where I find that guided meditation is more active yang style. Um, And it's about your, you can ask a question about a certain life challenge or anything that's going on for you and, and, find support and answers in the process of it. So there's, those are a few different styles. It's really just, I'd say, play, play with it. Don't, don't make it, don't have expectations um, that it should be this way or that way so that you're not disappointed or discouraged. It's really just about your own self exploration and finding what works for you. And then seeing, I I think also time-wise, so finding out what works for you style-wise and also time-wise in terms of what fits in 
with your lifestyle and what will work best for you. So if it's going to be morning or night or only five minutes to begin with, taking baby steps. I would say that if you do just do five minutes on a daily basis, every now and then try to sneak in a full 30 minutes or so because it's a different experience and you might you can see what that's like because it can take time for all the thoughts to settle, you know, so you can really experience calm and clarity. So having a taste of that is always great and um, something to aim for. But five minutes can do wonders, five minutes a day, if you can start with that. I think the five minute meditations, I think that's such a, a, an approachable way to start because people can maybe feel a little overwhelmed, you know, at the very beginning, it can be a little scary, but starting small and at the same time I have found when I'm doing those five minute meditations. And then most recently I did a sound bath meditation that was closer to 30, maybe 45 minutes and how deep you go in some of those meditations. I think there, there was such a stark contrast from what I was doing before. And I do think those five minute meditations can be really great for kind of resetting the tone of my day, but going deeper can be so impactful as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So having, having that experience, you know, it's something that you, you'll, you know, it might motivate you to keep going with the five minutes and then motivate you to do even longer when you, when you can. And just, yeah, it's, it's fun. I think so too. I think, and there really are so many modalities. I had no idea um, that passage meditation was something that was out there. And at the same time, I think it sounds pretty similar to one of the stuff. I, I mainly focus on guided meditation at this point being kind of newer to the practice, but I have these affirmation cards and sometimes I'll meditate on one of the affirmations in particular And um, it's certainly not a full passage, but, you know, finding space between the thoughts, as you said before, I think that's something that kind of comes up when, when I'm doing something like that. So Mm. just knowing, you know, the practices, I I like kind of having that hybrid a little bit of trying the different things. And I, I think you're absolutely right that that will help make it maybe more of a habit as well. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful that you're doing all of that. I think that's, yeah. And, and exploring and finding what works for you and yeah. And, and, and that is a nice thing about, I found about the passage meditation is that you can do it anywhere. And like a guided meditation, you need, you usually need something like an app or something mm-hmm. right, to guide you. But with the, if you have the passage meditation, you've got that, um, to, you can do that anywhere. So, or even more simply, you can just have a mantra that you repeat and that's easy to carry with you anywhere too. Absolutely. Well, and I'm very excited because you offer some guided meditations on your YouTube channel as well in some really beautiful places. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just starting to build that. So I'm really excited about it. We just did the first one based on pyramids in Egypt. So plan on contributing a lot more now as we have more. And I want, I like the idea of sharing meditations based on where we are in nature as we travel. So I I just think that that is so lovely. And for many of us who are not traveling right now, we get to still experience a little bit of that getting to, um, you know, experience some of those meditations as well. Wonderful. I'm so glad I like to hear that. It's nice, nice to know that that that's, you know, the, the experience of it. So it's really motivating for me. Thank you. 
Absolutely. I can't wait to see where it goes and where you all go. And, you know, I'm familiar with some of the places you all have traveled, but for listeners, why don't you share just some of the places that you and your family have lived over the years and as you've, you know, been on this journey? So as a family, it's, we're just sort of in the beginning stages of, as of together where we've traveled. So the girls were born in Alaska. So we lived there initially as a family for about eight years um, and then we were in Western New York, so it's in America, but this was travel. And, um, mm-hmm. and actually while we were in, um, uh, Western New York, we did a lot of traveling around, um, the area and this on the East coast, a little bit in the Midwest. So that, that was really fun for us while we were there. And, um, then just the year before we headed off on our travels around the world, we were in Rhode Island for a year where Tony was doing projects. And now we've been together as a family to, uh, let's see, Costa Rica to begin with. And now it's Ecuador, Egypt, and Montenegro. That is so cool. Do you have a favorite so far of where you've lived? I feel like, I think I've been to maybe 27 places. So um, I'm going to go with, uh, no, Italy. I wasn't there for long, but I just had such a magical experience there that I just want to go back. I really want to go back. And now we have some distant family that we possibly can get in touch with because Bartolini is Italian. So yes, <laughs> maybe touch, touch, connect with them while we're there, which would be really nice. But yeah, I'd, I'd love to go back to Italy. That's incredible. And I would, I would ask too, you know, as you've traveled to all these amazing places, what have you learned from the experience? So I guess for me, the biggest thing is it instilled a sense of wonder and curiosity about life. Well, maybe that's that and also resilience, that being adaptable. Well, and then there's open-mindedness. <laughs> there's a couple of things, right? But I yeah. mean, you, you just, um, yeah, curiosity and then open-mindedness, open to differences and being sensitive to people's differences and learning to be flexible, adaptable, because that always, that tends to happen when you're traveling and learning that it's okay to be different. Like when I went to, to live in Montreal after living in Africa for many years and I came to school with a big like my lunchbox was like the suitcase type thing, but that's what I had used in Africa. So I brought that to school and everybody had these little, the little metal, you know, yeah. <laughs> lunch boxes. And it's like, Hmm, mine's a little bigger than everybody's, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so yeah. Yeah. Just learning that it's okay to be different and to embrace difference. Uh, it's a big one there. And I asked my, my daughters, you know, what have they learned from travel so far? And Sophia said, appreciating different people and cultures and uh, having perspective. She said that problems that seemed big now seem small. So that was interesting wow. for her. And Anna, Anna said she doesn't, she learned that she doesn't like history. So, <laughs> <laughs> which is good to know about yourself, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that even influences your travel as well, because there are so many maybe historical sites, but, yeah. you know, maybe focus on another area and for her, her, maybe, you know, as a chef along yeah. those lines, I, I think it's so great that, you know, I think everything that you mentioned, as far as those lessons you've learned, I think they're so important, not just for travel, but for just everyday 
life. And I think that, you know, I'm sure your daughters are getting that experience as well and getting to learn the same type of thing too, that will really serve them long-term as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I believe so. And I hope so. I, I think this will be, it's like a, a lesson for a lifetime, really being able to travel in this way, have this opportunity. So I hope it does serve them well in their lives for sure. Yeah. There's so much you can learn, not only about the world, but about yourself in the process. Definitely. I think that's so incredible. I can't wait to get back on a plane at some point and get to experience a little more myself. I I think it's so incredible what you and your family are doing. And I'd love to dive into a few of our rapid fire questions as well. So our listeners can get to know you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So our first one is what is your top wellness tip? I would say, you know, right off the top of my head, what came to me was rest, whether it's about getting good sleep or taking time out during the day, just taking that time to slow down, refresh, you know, reset yourself. I think that's huge, huge. I think that's excellent advice. I think we're so focused on the hustle and go, go, go. And I do think it's so important. We don't think about that. So that's great tip. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I'll just share this really funny thing that my daughter just found out. She was looking up things about Montenegro and um, she came across this thing that said Montenegro has its own set of commandments. And (laughs) and one of them is if you feel the urge to work, sit down and let it pass. (laughs) (laughs) And the other was if you see somebody trying to rest, help them. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love that. I I wish that was maybe in the Bill of Rights or something in America because I really I really think we don't we don't focus enough about resting and even as far as wellness goes, we still can be very go go go, try all of the healing modalities and be yeah. in the gym as many hours as possible yeah. and taking on so much. I I love those commandments. I think <laughs> that is too funny. Oh. Yeah. Well, my next one, and I know you kind of, you did mention this before, but your favorite travel destination. Oh, yeah. So Italy. Um, I've had such a good time there. And I particularly remember hiking along the path between these towns on the coast. They're called Cinque Terre. I don't know if you're... Yeah. Yeah. That was so beautiful. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Now, if you were an animal, what animal would you be and why? I be a horse. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I believe it's my spirit animal. And I, I just to imagine that feeling of, and I've ridden a horse before, uh, just the feeling of freedom and movement that comes with galloping across the plains, you know, with the wind whipping through your hair, just really, ah, it's inspiring to me. So yeah, I'd love to be a horse. I love that. Now, what is your number one favorite show to binge? Assuming you have the time to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, we do. And it's not a big TV show watcher, but um, because generally we prefer to watch movies. But Mm -hmm. the one that really is a big hit is Friends. Okay. A lot of that. And it's just a show that really makes me laugh out loud. So, yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. 
And then what is your favorite social distancing activity? I love walking, hiking outdoors. I think it just really helps to feel connected to nature, you know, and other people because you can, you know, at least be around in the distance others and getting fresh air. And yeah, I just always feel more grounded and it helps to get perspective with being outdoors and not being inside all the time. And yeah. I really cannot agree more. It makes such a difference. I'm um, staying with my family right now and being able to actually go out into their yard during maybe my lunch break and get to ground a little bit. I really feel a lot clearer going back to work after that. Just having a few minutes. Yeah. Feet in the grass and yeah. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) That's, that's great. Now, I am so glad we got to do this and I got to learn more about you and your family's travels. I think it is so inspiring what you all are doing. Where can our listeners find you and connect? We have a website. It's familywellnesswanderers.com. And um, yeah, so you can find out more about us there and what we're doing traveling around the world. You can also follow us on Instagram, so same name, Family Wellness Wanderers, or subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is Family Wellness Wanderers as well. We do yoga and meditation classes on there as we share our travel. So That is awesome. I will definitely be checking those out and doing yeah. some yoga classes with you guys. And I just so appreciate you coming and sharing your story with us today. Oh, I'm so, I loved this time with you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you for letting me be on with you. Okay. Who else is feeling major travel envy right now? I am absolutely in love with everything that Jessica and her family are doing, and I am so inspired by all four of them. I've had such a blast following their story on social media and on YouTube, and I loved having this conversation. I found Jessica's tips to be incredibly actionable. For those of us who struggle sometimes when traveling to really stay healthy and to feel our best, I thought her tips for what to pack, especially those greens and that activated charcoal, are going to make post-pandemic travel so much easier to do. And I found her meditation practice to be incredibly practical as well. I know that so many of us have trouble deciding really where we can start with meditation. We can get really overwhelmed by the idea. And her advice Again, you know, there are so many different modalities out there and so many different things that we can try. And so I loved her approach. I found everything she had to say to be extremely helpful. And I had no idea that I've been practicing a form of passage meditation all this time. So I really encourage you to check out her website and YouTube channel. Find out what the Family Wellness Wanderers are up to. I've linked all of their information in the show notes, including one of the guided meditation videos that took place at the Egyptian pyramids. It is so cool. I am fangirling right now still. Now be sure to follow along on their adventures, and I promise that you won't regret it. Thank you, as always, for sharing a part of your day with us here at Wellness and Wanderlust. If you enjoyed this episode, it would truly mean the world to me, and I know I say this every week, but it really does matter to me. If you share on Instagram, you tag me at Wellness and Wanderlust blog. And of course, if you rate and review the show so that others can find it more easily, share it with someone that you think would really enjoy it. If you have a topic that you would like to see, shoot me an email at Valerie at wellnessandwanderlust.net. Have a wonderful day, and I can't wait to see you next week.